Hello and welcome to the C21 podcast. My name is Jonathan Webdale. You're joining us live from Cannes for the first of a series of shows from this year's MIP TV. We're inside the Palais des Festivals and it's the first day of MIP formats. So we're focusing in this episode on what's going on in the unscripted business right now. Joining me are Danny Fenton, Chief Executive of UK Independent Zigzag Productions. Hello. Natalie Wogue, who's partner at French format specialist Ascendo TV. Hello. And Jimmy George, Vice President of Sales and Acquisitions at GoQuest Media Ventures from India. Hello. If you can hear a little bit of uh, shouting and noise in the background, that's the uh, the sound of the stands being set up still for the for the main MIP TV event, which is due to get underway on Monday. But in the meantime, MIP formats. Uh, our esteemed editor in chief, David Jenkinson, was uh, kicking off proceedings this morning, revealing the findings of our annual formats trends survey. You were all in that session, I believe. Some of the headlines that came out of it. Unscripted is experiencing a bit of a, a rebirth, I suppose, a boom, thanks to the growing interest from SVODs. Some of the networks that were experimenting with drama have pulled back a little bit from that space and reinvesting the money in formats. And sleeper formats was something that was also talked about. Shows that have been around for a while, programs like Love Island and The Masked Singer, but they're suddenly experiencing a bit of an uptick of interest in the market. Commenting on any of those trends or anything else that's uh, top of mind for you right now in the in the formats space? Danny, what are your thoughts to start with? I think it was inevitable that Unscripted would have a resurgence because it's been playing second fiddle to Scripted for quite a while now, probably the last decade it's been playing second fiddle. And I think the tipping point has now happened. Um, scripted is very expensive and unscripted has needed reinvention and we're starting to see that reinvention. What's interesting is that reinvention in some ways is actually taking old formats and giving them a new polish. As you said, this sleeper trend of you know formats that are building over time. And then I think what was really interesting for me from the, the session this morning was the fact that the audience are feeling there are too many singing, dating, and dancing shows and yet the thing that most people are bringing to the market including zigzag is singing dating and dancing so it seems that those uh sub genres within unscripted are particularly strong but the challenge is how do you come at them with a new fresh approach that that breaks through natalie what were your takeaways headline uh, I, of course, agree with you, and uh, I think the, um, uh, the fact that you know, Netflix uh, bought uh, uh, before the market uh, uh, The Circle, which was the most talked about format just before uh, a MIPCOM, just shows that uh, they are also aware of uh, the needs for, of, uh, from coming from the, the viewers, which is not only about scripted, uh, which uh, I mean, the, the scripted market is a little bit saturated r right now. So, and as you said, uh, Danny, it's uh, the, 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 the commissioners are of, of course also aware of the fact that it's cheaper to produce uh, uh, an unscripted uh, series, and uh, they can make the decision uh, really. Uh, the last minute, which is not the, the same, of course, for, for scripted. I think that viewers are just um, also really fed up with uh, uh, long, long, long series, although they are very good uh, formats, uh, uh, like The Voice, whatever, you know, all the, those legacy um, uh, brands, they are really fed up. They, ju they just want something new, uh, even if it's not 
you know, the next big thing. I think they don't care. I think that it's just something that we all professionals care about because we want, you know, uh, we have big, good reasons to look for a series that really lasts for, you know, a long time. But viewers, they just want just a good idea. And if it just lasts uh, like two or three seasons, that's, that's okay. They don't care. They don't mind. I mean, it's just, uh, they just want something new. Jimmy, what about you? So, a couple of things that I noticed from David's report itself, uh, the C21 report, uh, it said that uh, the singing shows would probably go down uh, going ahead. But with Mass Singer, with uh, All Together Now and the final four, it doesn't actually seem like it'll go down. Uh, and singing is something that we all like and it's always going to be there. Uh, and even the, the French show, which is called The Secret Song or something, the new yes. one. So probably it's it's only going to increase and the second one uh, what Natalie uh, said is uh, the s words like somebody like uh, Netflix which made the final table which is like the biggest food show you'll ever see and the kind of food show you've never seen we'd never expect something of that sort but uh, be it Amazon or Netflix and the other and the new guys coming in the Disney plus and the uh, Apple plus guys they're all going to follow suit and uh, picking up on what Danny said unscripted was playing uh, the uh, second fiddle, it's going to come into mainstream now with a lot of the sub-genres also coming into mainstream. How's it changing the market in terms of, as you referenced, the the deal that Netflix did, snapping up all the rights to the circle at MIPCOM last year, that was a, uh, a show that initially the distributor was going to be presenting at a big big press conference down at the market yeah, <laughs> suddenly yeah. they cancelled it. It was a game changer and I think, you know, again echoing uh, Natalie and Jimmy, the, the, the fact of the matter is the S4 impact is the thing that's probably supercharging unscripted. And what's interesting with the circle is question with that is is it asleep or is it asleep? And it wasn't a it wasn't a high rated show for mm. Channel Four, as I understand it, which was very clever of Studio Lambert, is they invited all the buyers to come and see it. And because it hadn't aired at, at that point, or was in the process of airing, and the ratings hadn't come in, um, Netflix took it off the table. Um, and so Netflix are, are able to do that in a sort of strategic way. But actually, there, there, there isn't any real proof that the circle's a hit, hit format. But maybe they will now make it into a global hit format. And I wonder whether Channel 4 would have renewed it if Netflix hadn't bought it. So there's almost a sort of, a, you, you've seen this already in scripted and I think now you've seen in unscripted is where the impact of SVOD interest is actually in giving traditional broadcasters more confidence to renew, renew shows that haven't been successful. And some of the shows though that, that have been around for a while and that the SVODs are breathing new life into, for example, The Real World is one that Facebook has, has picked up and is remaking in a number of different territories. There's also that side of the market as well, which is, it seems, flourishing. Queer eye also, I mean... Uh, Queer eye as well. Um, I think it's also, I mean, what they want to bring to the market is something with a fresh uh, touch. So, I mean, it's, we'll see what they're, they're going to do with the real world. But talking about uh, the circle, um, I think they wanted, I mean, it was really, uh, back then, just before MIPCOM, everyone was talking about it. And it, it's, um, it was supposed to be the Big Brother 2.0. And I think in that way, maybe, I mean, they also, uh, my take on that is that uh, they just wanted to 
bring a new signal to the, to the unscripted format uh, industry. Like, we are also interested. We want to invest in it. The fact that, in for instance, na nailed it is now also um, produced uh, by Fremantle in three territories. Uh, um, you know, it's also very interesting. They are definitely, I mean, both um, trying to bring some fresh uh, air, but starting also to play the same format rules as you know the traditional players. This Fremantle, not really, you know, like a very uh, solid uh, producer, but not the brand new producer, you know. Uh, and they and they are doing uh, formats, so it's really different from the documentary series Netflix used to and, and is, still, is still launching nowadays. So I think it's a, a really, really good, uh, a really good sign for for the industry in general. Um, for us all, yeah. What about in the Indian market? Netflix is making a big play there as well. Are, th are they really having that kind uh, of impact as well? Uh, currently, if I'm not mistaken, it's only scripted. But again, an Amazon uh, has already got into the unscripted part of it with a lot of stand-up comedies, and they did the remix last year. Uh, so uh, Netflix probably slowly will go into the unscripted market within India, but right now they're m doing more of scripted. So. Uh, so probably in 2020, we'll hear more of unscripted things happening from Netflix. Although the other platforms in India are doing uh, unscripted left, right, and center, local uh, formats. The so awards, especially. What yeah. was interesting with this whole um, reboot uh, phase, I think from the, the Netflix and the Amazons and the Apples, et cetera, of this world, there's the brand recognition of things like the real world that will drive an audience and of course because there's a generation gap so there's the original generation remember it and then that generation telling the next generation oh you know you've got to go and check this show out but of course for all those platforms they're trying to drive a new a new audience drive up you know sub subscription i was told and, and and jim will know better than i do that uh, amazon in india who are actually commissioning quite a lot unscripted their brief was, we want shows that would have been on MTV in America in the 1990s. That's like their, their wish list. So it's almost going back to, you know, Room Raiders, the real world, and, and, and shows like that. So they're, they're, it's almost like we're in a time machine, and, and, and the SVODs want the shows that people would have watched um, 20 years ago. So uh, coming back to what Danny's saying, I, I know the Amazon brief, because we meet them, and they generally tell us, bring us something which I cannot see on TV today. So probably I can't see the 90s show today on television, so that could be it. Uh, but again, uh, really fresh ideas, something that your audience will pay for. They are S-words. What will make the audience stand up and remove their wallets out? That's what they're looking at. You know, in China, for instance, uh, they uh, uh, already uh, three years ago, they launched uh, uh, shows like Big Brother and made them uh, more interactive because the platform made that possible. Uh, for the real world, uh, uh, by definition, it won't be uh, interactive. Uh, I mean, it, does, it won't bring something new compared to the TV, uh, the linear TV uh, channel, typical linear TV channel. So I think it's going to be also interesting to see what Facebook, what, uh, you know, all those uh, social networks that Facebook is really the big strategy is social entertainment when you see uh, when you watch uh, makeup or breakup and uh, you know all those shows that's also something in interesting to follow I think because uh, again it, ma it might also change a little bit the artistic uh, game 
You're also here, obviously, not only to focus on the trends that are in the marketplace and everything that's happening around the world, but your own shows that you're working on as well. Um, Danny, Natalie, you were both on the same uh, session earlier on, and uh, Sumi Connick from BBC Studios uh, gave a presentation of a show that you're working on with them. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, so we were talking about how dating is becoming uh, oversaturated. Well, we found a new twist on dating, which is taking two very popular genres at the moment, true crime and dating, and bringing them together. And so we, we developed a new format called The Dating Detectives, which is using real detectives to solve your relationship issues rather than the crime, and doing forensic sort of background research into your potential dates. So it's almost sort of anti-catfish rather than the profile of the person we're actually gonna do a deep dive into their real, real story. But what's especially unique about that program is we actually sold it into Korea to CJENM and it was part funded by BBC Studios, part funded by CJENM and Zigzag co-produced it with a Korean company IMTV. And one of the things that came out of our panel um, about paper, paper pitches and whether you can still sell them is that there are so many different opportunities in different markets. So we sold our show to Korea as a British producer. Um, Natalie sold hers as a French producer to Switzerland. Um, one of the other panelists from StoryLab had sold their show originated from India, ended up in Russia. So um, despite the fact, you know, being British at the moment and, and, and fearing our uh, international relations future, actually more than ever, you know, content will travel if it's good. So um, Natalie as well, you presented a, a format that you've just got away in Switzerland, I believe, called The Wild Breakaway. Can you just tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, just to add to what uh, Danny was, was saying, I mean, I, I like to say that when you work in, uh, in the TV, uh, in the format industry, it's like as if you were doing a geopolitics. So you spot a, a territory where you think it can, I mean, your format can can start and then you know as, uh, the important thing is to have it aired somewhere and then you know you have images you know you can just choose somewhere else but uh, and there is no small territory I mean you know compared to uh, a few years ago when I started at Fremantle for instance we were all focused on the major territories nowadays it's really all over all over, all over the world and to get back to yeah, the format I, I sold to RTS so it's a public Swiss channel um, it was actually they bought it really from paper directly to screen and it's I think it was because it's a very simple idea factual entertainment series and the idea is a family sends their grandparents uh, far away for um, a wild breakaway with uh, physical challenges and uh, completely uh, uh, exceptional uh, discoveries and uh, the twist is that um, while the grandparents are doing that the whole family gathers in their living room and they watch the every move uh, of the, their grandparents so they laugh a lot they are they also you know cry a little bit because it's quite emotional sometimes to see the grandparents do crazy things um, and uh, so it's really family driven it's very authentic be beauty shots etc but uh, very simple idea uh, as if it was real life actually what uh, people experience in real life Jimmy you're here both acquiring and selling so what's what sort of top of mind for you at MIP through the course so, of this week uh, for us a uh, couple of our formats uh, which have seen a lot of interest and this is something we are concentrating on uh, is uh, my dance crew which is a Norwegian dance format and Indiscreet Call, which is from Spain, which is a fun uh, street quiz show. 
we've just optioned uh, my dance crew to whole of italian speaking europe and uh, indiscreet is slowly seeing a lot of interest in asia along with africa and mina uh, so our major concentration uh, is uh, on those formats as of now and couple of paper formats which we've been discussing for a couple of years now we are sort of seeing interest from brands like we have a show called dinner karaoke which is karaoke within restaurant while you're having dinner so we're discussing it with brands in africa to do it as an original so now two to three years ago you were depending only on the linear broadcasters but now you have s words brands and social media guys who are commissioning shows so opportunities galore Great. Well, we look forward to hearing more about all of those shows through the course of this week. Sadly, that's all we have time for in this episode. We've got to get ready for this evening's C21 Format Awards, but there'll be plenty more from us tomorrow. And in the meantime, delve into all the findings from our 2019 Format Trends Survey by reading the C21 Pro 2019 International Format Report. You can find that on our site where you can stay up to date with all the latest industry developments and by following C21 on Twitter and on mobile. Thanks to my guests, Danny, Natalie, thanks to Jimmy, Thank and thanks to everyone for listening. Thank you.